Hey, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hello, everyone. This is AJ, your journeyman entrepreneur. And I wanted to thank you so much for listening to the show. A couple of weeks ago, I talked a little bit about what I was hoping to do with the show now that I've had a couple of months <laughs> of experience, a couple of months of new mistakes to create being a beginner and podcasting, but my hopes to improve. And I really appreciate all the people who've reached out and offer their support. Thank you so much. It's, <laughs> I am uh, not expecting and humbled by all that, but also the suggestions and the criticisms that you shared with me, that has been really helpful. I wanted to talk a little bit about some of how I'm viewing some of the things that have been discussed on the show and also how I see you as a listener to be able to incorporate more about it. I think the first thing that I want to talk more about is this concept of the entrepreneurial journey. I use it a lot. And yeah, I call myself a journeyman. I do this. It's playful to a certain degree. I am referencing all the stuff about the journey in life, the efforts we do. Some of it is the fact that I love walking personally. I've been from a little kid to being a boy scout to backpacking around Europe and now surprisingly living in Europe as an adult American. Not that all Americans become adults, is that it? But this is the idea that everyone goes through a journey of life. An entrepreneur's journey, it's not that we have different journeys. It's just we have different opportunities to use what is given or what is available to us. Entrepreneurism is one of the truest or one of the easiest ways to create your life structure of all the opportunities out there of other types of profession. Freelancers get a lot of flexibility, but entrepreneurs, we can craft our own world. That's just one type of tool we get to use. When I talk about entrepreneurial journey, to me, it's this idea that it is to be expected to have left, rights, ups, downs, turnarounds, back and forths, but still a forward progress or a movement towards a destination. But the concept that the destination itself is not as important as the steps we take along the path towards it. Some of that is because, as some of you have referenced, I think many entrepreneurs do talk about not being good at being an entrepreneur. I believe that I fail 99% of the time and only been successful very few times. But the reality of that is, one, it's only relevant to me and my own concepts. It is not that important. There is no good, bad, or different from being an entrepreneur. It's just your ability to use what you have available to you to create what you are trying to create. So that is something. So using the term journey helps me realize it is 
this concept of where I am and the efforts I put towards that rather than going, well, I didn't create a billion dollars by the time I was 30, so therefore I'm a failure. I feel too often the concept of entrepreneurism is all about get some really cool idea or work without sleep for four or five years and then sell for a billion or drop out of Harvard and have a $100 billion company. When the reality is, it's so much more nuanced. Most entrepreneurs I know personally, and then the entrepreneurs I've been talking here and you've listened to on the show, they go through ups, downs, left, right, centers, and many steps to get to where they are. And if they had only stopped at X, they would have continued growing. And that is fine. It's up to you. But that's the point. It's like talking about my journey makes me think about where I want to go and why and all the things. And in listening to these amazing people who've been on the show, it is this concept of, oh, the thought process they've put into their destinations. And some of them are cool. Having a guest talking about wanting to go potentially by a professional sports team in Spain football team or soccer for Americans, but football for the rest of the world there. And there are some cool goals. And I talk about setting my goals. So I know my journey is creating a foundation that would allow me to take care of my children and help them become best possible people that they want to become and give them the resources they need to go on their journeys. We'll talk a little bit about legacy. Entrepreneur journey is just to me a framework of helping me look at where I want to go, listening to other people about what they're doing on their journey so I can see what resonates with me. Even if it isn't directly related to what I'm doing, it could be something to help me better look at where I want to be going or even at times put in context things that I consider failures in my past to help me put into better context so that it doesn't drag me down. Listening and learning from other entrepreneurs helps me be kinder to myself. We all have to have our own reasons for why we do this, but it is nice to hear that even people who have had these amazing exits or have gone to build huge businesses haven't always been bright, eye cheery about things. So just something to pull from this. Actually, just met with a listener who I would like to bring on the show. He is an advisor to upper seven-figure to mid-eight-figure size businesses, helping them prepare to either sell or go public. So a lot of similar things to what people like Mac or Chris have talked about in their books. Chris Worrell, very much around his process and structure, but Mac in a very organic matter about getting your businesses ready and thinking about where you want to go for why you're looking to sell. But in talking with him, this was the next step advisor for where we are as what I believe myself to be. And from speaking with many of you, it's this idea of what is talking to someone who works with businesses we would create in the next step if we get there, when we get there. So he was saying something that was very interesting. The concept of legacy. I ask our guests about the legacy and how they view their legacy. I'm probably not giving enough context because I think there's a certain expectation that we're talking about this modern global industrialist, this modern industrialist who sits there and is this bad guy sitting up there, up on the hill, Scrooge McDuck slash Facebook owner type person. But I'm not talking about leaving millions of dollars to put your name on buildings and stuff like that. I'm talking about what do you want to be remembered by? 
I just spoke with a listener who's in a situation where all of a sudden his company's become more valuable than he expected it to be. Horrible problem he's having over the past year. His business has grown by over a million dollars. He's at 70 to 75% margins. And he went from thinking he had this great lifestyle business to all of a sudden going, oh, I possibly would be at escape velocity. So talking to him about what was important to him, he said, look, all I really care about is if my daughters are taken care of. If I can live a good life, have a couple of good vacations a year with my wife and children, and then eventually once my children go off and we can hopefully have grandkids, I don't have these big things. He says, I would like to do more, and I'm thinking about more now that I have this potential to have more money. But the reality is, I just want a good life, importantly, a good life for my children. That resonates with me because that's, I think, of my efforts being about providing for my children and providing for their futures, not to give them money, but to give them the opportunities to do things that they want to be able to do. I do think many of us, especially when we do start looking at the type of money that we can generate as an entrepreneur, start thinking that legacy is about what others think about. Oh, you know, what is the stranger going to think about me? What is my obituary in the Wall Street Journal? How we want people to think about us is something to take more into our lives. And I ask, I'm hoping to learn from entrepreneurs who I see as successful what they want others to know, what is important to them, because what we want others to think is what we, th- I generally believe, is what we think is important. What others believe of us is what we believe is important about us, or we hope. So I'm hoping we as listeners can learn from these entrepreneurs how they frame what's important to them, what's important to how they create their worlds. So when I ask that, I'm hoping that you could turn around as a listener and say, oh, wow, I see that. Some of that is very relevant, obviously, to their own life experience. Some of that is relevant to the financial structures of their business and their exits and wherever they may be. But a lot of it is really just applicable to just their mindset and the way they're looking at the world. Not saying, and mindset is a whole discussion we can have and the importance or non-importance or the relevancy and importance of different types. But the concept of how we look at the world can so influence what we decide to do and our efforts to doing that, that listening to how others frame things Not that we have to copy them, but it does allow us to steal things we think could be relevant to us. And it may be, even when someone is doing a business model, a different type of business than our efforts would ever touch, maybe there's something about the way they're doing it that we can bring in. I know Haram, in his efforts after he sold his auto parts chain, and he wrote his book and the work he did on himself and diving into the importance of who he was, the work he's put into himself, that has stuck with me a lot. And I think a lot about it and how things like therapy, journaling, that deep work, not about the business or not about a gazillion and one ways I can optimized business, but in personal effort. That is something in learning about 
him and his journey and his efforts resonated. I've used that term now, but it struck a chord. It, it was important to hear because it's something that's been in the back of my head, but I hadn't really put the right amount of emphasis on my own efforts. So in hearing someone who has been successful put that much emphasis on it, it made it easier. I feel lame about myself there, but just by being able to hear someone reference the level of effort and the importance it was for them, it made it easier for me to go out and do that. And I think this is why we should listen to other entrepreneurs, not to copy, but to see what resonates with our own lives, because they will bring in their own worlds, their own things. And there'll be so much that has nothing to do with us as individuals, as listeners, but things that we can click onto, things we can steal, things we can learn from, things that we can dive deeper that is something I think is really important. Why I want to keep diving deeper into this. Someone did reference that I call myself, and I think I repeatedly reference that I'm a bad entrepreneur. And when it was called out, I immediately had the whole thing of bad grandpa, since I'm not a grandpa, but I am definitely getting to that age bracket. But no, I don't call myself a bad entrepreneur because I drink a lot. I call myself a bad entrepreneur because I'm making fun of myself. And probably some issues to just you know, work on. But it's this idea that I haven't achieved what I want to. Getting back to the concept of journeyman, getting back to listening to the ups and downs, and then talking with some of you in the audience directly and individually. This is a phrase that's very direct, and we all say it all the time. Yeah, entrepreneurism, there's no up. It's all ups and downs. It's not a straight, easy path. It's all this. But when you're on it, you forget that. Very rarely do you have these huge, big wins. Most of the time, it's just small, incremental progress. And that's not very sexy when there's definitely some huge, crazy turns and failures along the route that are like, oh my God, I've just been hit upside the head. So listening to this and bringing these things in and realizing and repeating to myself and listening to audience members who do this also, this effort of realizing there is no good, bad, and there's nothing. It's just what we decide to do. This is the kind of the fun we have as entrepreneurs. It's what we decide to do. It is what we bring to the table. It's the understanding that the reality is there's no huge leaps. There's no promised land. There's no anything. It's just our ability to create incremental progress directionally. I've been very grateful to reiterate that and relearn that and bring that back in from the audience when I get to talk to you and from the email and other outreach you as an audience have done. I think this also makes it easier to work on ways of improving. Marek, having worked as an entrepreneur, running business units around for very hot you know, Startup Rocket all over the place. He's ran these companies in Africa, in Italy, in just amazing places. And yet now is working on this great business where he is a co-founder, but he's supporting an entrepreneur who he is inspired by. And that's something, just being able to realize we are on this journey and this effort to improve, I was able to look at what he's done and go, wow, that's right. It is this ability to not be static. It's to realize we make mistakes. Look at my own self as I've taken from his message and go, wow, I can sit there and improve a little bit today. So tomorrow I'll be in a better position. You can only be willing to do that when you're willing to accept one, that you make mistakes, which I don't think any of us have problems with. But then two, 
when we we can forgive ourselves. I think that's you know, getting a little too out there, but when we can put our own mistakes in context and realize that's what we will do, our output will be predominantly mistakes in the attempt of achieving something unique. And that's made it easier, I think, for me with the guests to learn and be inspired by these entrepreneurs because now I'm not holding myself as rigid as with as much expectation. I am working harder, working harder with you, reaching out to the audience, talking to more of you, listening, but then also in working more on what I need to do better as an entrepreneur for my goals, for my objectives. And that's the fun. It's when we are putting ourselves in a learning position, there's a gazillion ways of phrasing it. We can learn, we can improve. When we think we know it all or we're scared, we don't learn anything. So, so. In talking with so many of you, it has been so much fun to rephrase and to rethink how I look at the world. We probably should talk about mental models and mental aspects and the frameworks people use, but we'll talk about that later. In learning from these people, we get these opportunities to try on ideas, to try on concepts, or think about how different concepts could be brought into our life. I know. David Schlottenstein, I apologize, David, but I really took away from talking with him about how he used his progression of businesses to constantly create greater social networks and work with a larger and higher level of partners at each step, which allowed him to go from one business to a larger business to a much larger business each way still working with his people, looking at someone like Chris Guerrero, who took each step of his business, of his growing and putting it into place, not to specifically sell it, but about focus on making the business better, because that was his way of practicing entrepreneurism, was to work on the business. The better the business was, the better he was as an entrepreneur, and the better he became at making himself a better business person, which... Lo and behold, made his business better for sale. Walker Diable. Walker's one of my favorite people I get to learn from. I've joined his acquisition lab because I am in pursuit of acquiring um, a company that works in tangent with his podcast and other efforts I do. So we'll see and I'll share on that. But Walker brings such energy and such excitement to what he does as a business and looking at them and learning from how he does that and why he does that, I think is something that I do know many of you also looking at acquisition entrepreneurship is coming a little hot and just a little right now. And some of you reached out that you felt his referencing that maybe some people shouldn't rush it. You, know, you shouldn't just go acquire a business because it was available, but really put a lot more effort into thinking about your why you are doing so and your preparedness for things to go wrong, to talk to a successful person. Most of us don't expect them to be very cautious about their very needs of success. We may be known for the risks we take as entrepreneurs, but the reality is it's more about the risks we don't take. And it's the preparation and the hard work that doesn't get seen that makes something. And hearing that new members of the audience really resonated with that that was very cool because I know Walker 
Walker is a ball of energy and great hair, but he also works harder than anyone else I think I've ever had the opportunity to learn from. So this just keeps bringing back the concept that entrepreneurialism is a process, not something set in stone. These are things that show the value and practice of building out processes and working on processes being entrepreneurial. But it's what we bring into doing so of each one. There is no set process. There is no holy grail. I've worked with some very good coaches in the past. The first thing I always ask now, almost tongue in cheek, but I want to know if they could just provide me the cheat codes. As someone who's grown up playing video games, I love cheat codes. I love cheat codes for a long time because I love studying. Yes, I am a geek and I loved reading and I played sports because I'm a large person and I pretty much from the time I was like 12, 10, I had been playing three sports a year as a kid. So cheat codes were great because I had a gazillion things on my plate and it allowed me to quickly jump to the fun, cool stuff of the games. Until many years later, literally by the time my son grew old enough that he started playing video games and I realized his biggest enjoyment to playing the games wasn't getting to the big boss fights or the cool stuff. His was figuring out all the little puzzles there and how to do them. And I realized, and this was about the time that I was also running my last business that I sold. It's not about the quickest, fastest route. It's not about put in X to Z, hit enter five times and you get unlimited gold. That'd be really nice. It was about figuring out what was needed and how to do it. Sorry, a little bit of a tangent, but I'm known for that when I'm not interviewing people, but I do talk in tangents. It is this idea of just deciding for yourself what's important and using the processes that are going to work and not cheating the work. So I hope that you also as listeners are hearing about how much fun it is to dive into these efforts. My new business is productized service. Many of you would play in that space and the concept of this. It's just another mix mash of business models. But Company Insight Labs is about helping business owners in the 1 million-ish range focus on understanding what is the best opportunity in front of them to grow their business and then how over time to become better and doing the activities necessary to grow their business. So we don't focus, we don't do the work, we don't even bother. We just show you that these things given your goals, your objectives, your resources, the marketplace, and your data, what's there. So taking what I'm hearing and bringing that to bear around this passion I have of helping people grow businesses and I've built a team of other passionate people around that. But using what we're hearing from the entrepreneurs, we are getting better at framing how we do this. We're getting better at structuring how we deliver and listening to how people like Mac talk about building teams, you know, looking at Chris's structuring repeatable services and how we play that Nathan's outsource school and the playbooks in there is how to use VAs. We've changing it, not copying it, but changing it to also incorporate consultants and contractors and different levels of talent, not just that VA but that intelligent amount of work they've put into it, we can utilize and incorporate, bring that to bear. So that's how some of the things I'm doing for my business. If anything, I hope 
entrepreneurs who listen to this show realize it's not about what others think. It's about what you think. I want to continually explore because the conversations are out there, but the vast amount of noise is about starting a company, becoming a billionaire, starting a company, selling it, drinking mojitos. It's this straightforward noise and more noise. When I think we have too much noise to deal with, it's good to hear things that are more relevant, not where I have to sift through an hour of conversation to pick out a couple of good nuggets. This is about trying to really dive into as much good, actionable insights, especially since most of us, when I speak to you, are on completely different paths than the public thinks of entrepreneurs. You know, they're, you're people who are just doing it again and again. You you're on your second or third business. Your business has been up, down, left, and center. I think we all love hearing about entrepreneurs who've had businesses that boomed during COVID, but I also know entrepreneurs who've been severely hit and yet are having more fun now because they've changed to adapt and doing what they wanted. It's also something to think about that in our space, while bootstrap entrepreneurism is becoming more and more common and the types of journeys entrepreneurs take are becoming more understood, it's still not out there. Think of these people like Adam running these billion plus businesses that are impacting billion plus dollars of real estate and other aspects. Mac talked about the three styles of entrepreneurs. These are all things that we don't hear enough about. Being allowed to choose your own pathway is something that makes it so much fun to be an entrepreneur. But you have to be willing to do that. And when everyone is talking about what you do as being X, Y, or Z, it's hard. So listening to people like Adam to Mac, that maybe it's not the big cover story picture. Maybe it is the more individualistic fluidity around this. And that's something to really take on. Take on the opportunity using entrepreneurism to directly impact the life you want. Be beholden to none beyond yourself and those you choose. Take on the risks that are appropriate, but your risks. And just have fun with this. One thing is I'm wrapping up. Hopefully I'll be able to get this advisor onto the show because he was so smart. Just one thing I was thinking, as we look at setting our goals, he shared a great thing that he works with his clients because he loved some of the discussion we had of legacy and defining it and why it's important to define legacy. I think too much of us think it's about being on Mount Rushmore stuff. The way I look at legacy is how I want others to remember me afterwards, specifically and probably no farther beyond than my own family and those I work directly with. Beyond that, it doesn't matter. But when I think about that really means I'm really talking about what I'm doing now with my life to achieve that. I can't hope for something and then go something completely different. What this advisor suggested, and he says one thing that he coaches his clients. And, and this was a very personal way of looking at this. When you think about your legacy, look at one or more people that your legacy will map, that you want your legacy to matter to. He was referencing his children, could be parents, could be partners, it could be business partners, X, Y, Z, whatever is important and set a day or two either side of their birthday and use that every year to reference and to review and reflect on how what you're doing is impacting them 
Not that you have to build your business around that person or that concept or that day, but you're just using it to check in as a way to continuously move your legacy towards what you want to do. I was floored. I was completely floored. He reached out and was sharing this concept to me and talking about the importance of it and how it grows because he was referencing the point of one of his daughters and it was so powerful. And yes, it may not sound right to you, but just let it sit there. And that's it. It could be something that you use. And we have so much out there to pick and choose and listen and people yelling at us. Just see what resonates, attempt it and take it on. I hope to get more intelligent people, smarter people than myself on the show to talk to you and let you learn and take direct action from their experiences. I will have more experts in different subject matter as someone who has become crypto lucky Uh, That's the way I put it. And that's for another show. I am talking to a couple of people, some very interesting approaches to utilizing crypto in the business space. So I hope to bring them on so we can learn from them. But I can go on and on and talking about entrepreneurial journeys and learnings and stuff. This is only important if you're learning from this. So please let me know things that you are learning, how you would like me to help, things you would like to learn. You can reach out to me by email on social media, just store in the show notes down below. Just feel free to ask, just jump on a call. I've done that recently in the past couple of weeks with more than a few of you. So that's been a really fun experience for me. So feel free to reach out. One last thing before I let you go. My friends at Groupthink Community are organizing an event on the 3rd of June about practicing strategy in the changing world. If you want to learn from the top minds in strategy, advertising, marketing world, like Julian Douglas, Grace Francis, and Maggie Windsor Gross, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. It will be worth it because I know some of the people who are part of Groupthink and they are some of the smartest, most interesting young entrepreneurs I've met. And if even a small part of the group has that type of talent, the full event will be pretty amazing. So please go check it out. It'll be well worth your time. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for letting me talk to you. I can't wait to talk to you again. Good luck. Goodbye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.